It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. COVID cases are spiking in Florida. What does that mean for the NBA's return? We're going to talk about it on this Monday Locked On Celtics Millie. Let's go. Rainy J's back with the vengeance. Back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. Yeah. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it. Got a local feel like the red line. The blue line. The green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime. And press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's. It's the best way. Melly. John Corrales here of MassLive.com. We're taking a break on this Monday from the historical deep dives. Going to spend this entire show talking about the NBA's return, the Celtics working out, and the potential for COVID to throw this entire thing off. Uh, Which is just maddening, infuriating that we had it in our hands. We had this all in our hands, and now all of a sudden it seems to be slipping away. And it's... It's raising questions again about whether this is the right thing to do. So I will get into all of that in segments two and three. The first segment I'm going to share with you as kind of like a primer for this discussion. The radio appearance I did last week on 98.5. I talked to Christian Arcan and went through a lot with the COVID, with the Celtics returning and all of that. So I'll start by sharing that. And then expand on that in sections two and three to just dive a little bit deeper than I than I could on the radio. So let's start here. It's my radio appearance last week with Christian Arcan on 98.5. John, first of all, before we even get to the Celtics, obviously you've seen, uh, I'm sure you've seen some of these numbers out of Florida here. Doesn't yeah. seem like it's a, a great situation down there coronavirus-wise as they are spiking in that in that very county. It just if you, if you had to make book right now on, on whether or not they actually are able to even do this, where would you put it? Well, I still, I still put it at, at more likely to happen than not, uh, mostly because I don't think that the NBA believes they're going to expose these guys. The biggest question when it comes to this spike in Orlando and in Florida is the people who are working for Disney, the the people who are making the food, the people who are doing the cleaning, the people who aren't going to be living in that bubble. The NBA has said that they're not going to be exposing those guys to those players, uh, that they're not going to expose those employees to the players and the staff. They're not going to be face-to-face. But – you never know about surfaces and stuff like that. So if there's any weak point, it's that. And that's where the biggest concern is going to be. But I think the NBA feels comfortable about getting players into Florida, keeping them away from places where people might have it, getting them to an airport or a smaller airport, driving them to the campus on a disinfected bus. I mean, it's really extreme circumstances, but I think they can get them from whatever city to the Disney campus. Now the question is, how are they going to handle the people who are working on the Disney campus for Disney? Uh, and and that, that's a big question. That is a very fair question to ask. I think it's a big concern, but uh, I, I think the NBA is going to try as, as much as they can to keep those people isolated and whatever they touch disinfected. John, you mentioned that's why the league is sort of looking at this right now. Do you include the players when you say the league, or do you, do you sort of separate them? I think, 
I think the players for sure, and, and I think there are going to be some players who aren't comfortable with this. I don't expect 100% participation from players. I do think that there are probably going to be players who opt out, especially with this jump in cases. I think there might be some guys who are on the fence who see this and just like, no, nah, I can't do it for a variety of reasons. If that's the case, and you see some some big name players sort of opt out here, and also maybe even some more uh, some more coronavirus test cases and and positive tests, is there is there a possibility that they get everybody down there and then have to shut it down again? Is the NBA prepared to do that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's certainly a, a possibility. There, even even though I do think that they're going to resume a season, I, I, I'm not going to be naive enough to say it's a guarantee that they actually finish the season. There are still certainly, like I just said, there are weak spots. It's not a vacuum. There are places where the virus can get in. And even the most diligent people, you just never know because there's uh, any number of circumstances. I'm not going to run down. There's not enough time to do that. But um, there are possibilities. Now, that doesn't mean that any particular positive test is going to do it. But if a positive test leads to any sort of mini outbreak, if a test on a particular team leads to two or three guys on that team, and then the possibility of people on other teams that are in the same hotel getting exposed, then that could be an easy way to shut this down. So uh, I, I will say there is no guarantee that this season will be completed, even if they restart. We heard from Kyrie Irving and Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, Lou Williams, several other players who were seem to be speaking on behalf of a larger group of players than just those uh, those four who were talking about uh, not so much coronavirus, but playing and how that would be distracting from the movement going on in this country right now. Is that something that is still at the forefront of a lot of players' minds? And do you think that could end up being a, a roadblock here for the league? I think that's a, a discussion that's being had within the league, within the, the, the player ranks. I think it's a valid discussion that different guys are going to have to come to their own opinions about. And this is another reason that could keep uh, any number of guys from playing. Now, Kyrie was never going to play. Kyrie was never really going to go to Orlando. But, you know, he raised the question, and there are guys who believe that by bringing basketball back, it does create enough of a distraction to take eyeballs off of what's being done and things. You know, if basketball would was back, would this focus on Juneteenth have even happened? I think that's a valid question. And we're seeing progress made from that, that perspective. So I, I think that that as in terms of a roadblock to returning, I think that will certainly keep maybe uh, a certain number of guys from playing, but ultimately I think the money involved and the number of players who have to make a decision, like, do I give up this amount of money to take this stand or do I take this money, which is money that they're earning and they need to support families and and whatever and make my stand in this way while still working to get my money. I think, I think there's enough there where, where if you feel safe that enough guys are going to make that choice and at the NBA, and this is a key part, the NBA is open and telling guys they can in fact take their stands while playing. There's not going to be any sort of backlash from the NBA from these guys taking their stands while playing. I think that's all in an effort to convince these guys that playing and taking the stand is possible.
Were they, did they need to be convinced of that? I feel like the NBA, out of all the sports leagues, really, the NBA has been the most sort of incorporative when it, when it comes to that. Sure. The I can't breathe shirts back in 2016, like they, there was no real resistance to that that I, that I recall. I know that you want to go back to Craig Hodges and Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. It's a different story, but in modern day NBA, was that something they needed to be reassured of? Uh, I do think so, because even as inclusive as the NBA has been with these ideals and promoting these ideals, these are, are a group of 450 or so players that um, are a majority black, but working in a league where a lot of the power structure is still white and the ownership is still majority white. And so even though the league has been very open and I think most of the team owners and, and power structure has been very open and working with, with the players, there is still another step that needs to be taken. And yes, there needs to be a reassurance because you've got billionaire owners whose money is at stake and they need to be sure like, Hey, we're going to come back and play for you. We're going to be cooped up for you. And this is the Kyrie Irving point We're you're kind of like penning us in and we're entertaining people. It, it kind of has this, this off putting element to it. Are you going to, are you going to really truly honestly have our backs when we do this? And even so, uh, even though they have had that history in this situation, you want to have that just a little extra, like, are you sure? Okay. Mm. Just make sure. All right. We're talking with John Corrales of Mass Live. Uh, John, I haven't even mentioned the Celtics yet, so let's get into them. Um, with the uh, with the the reopening and, and sending everybody down to Orlando, a lot has been made about the fact that without home court advantage, things are really wide open. Do you agree with that, or do you think that it's going to be the typical NBA best team with the best player ends up winning out? Well, I, I do think that the best team with the best player does end up winning out. I and mean, I still think that Milwaukee and, and the two L.A. teams – are, are going to be the three teams you would expect to be be challenging here. Home court will make a difference, I think, in some of the, the tighter races, the tighter kind of matchups, like Toronto versus Boston is going to be an interesting one. Philly versus Boston, if that's how it goes out, where Philly has been such a, a powerhouse at home but not great on the road, what does this do to them? Does it take away what was a home court advantage or does it alleviate what was a, a discrepancy on the road, a, a trouble on the road? Like I think that does have an impact. So it's a little mixture of both in the lower levels. And then from there, once you get into like the conference finals, it'll be the team with the best player. And the question is, does that team have a player that tested positive for COVID and does right. all of a sudden like Giannis, you know, I don't want to jinx anybody, but you know, all of a sudden Giannis tests positive. You treat it like an injury. He's out for two weeks. That, that could be something that impacts things. but So I, I do think that there's some impact of not having the, the home crowd. And I think the Celtics are certainly a team that has shown that playing at home in front of that home crowd is, is something beneficial, and some guys do get a boost from that. So there, there will certainly be a, a, an impact, but at the same time, and you'll hear a lot of these guys probably say it, it's the same situation for everybody. So while we look at it in, under our little microscopes of our own teams that we cover, other teams are facing that as well. So you might have that kind of even out as well. Over the course of the season, we saw Jason Tatum for about a month, maybe 45 days or so around, around that time, uh, really put on a put on a show this year. And I know it seems like an awfully long time ago, John, but we all remember it. It was uh, it was really it was really fun. Say again. 
It's like, was that in 2020 or was it like 2017? <laughs> I know. It seems like back when Jason Tatum was 14 years old. Uh, yeah, he was right. very, very good. But, yeah, it was it was a stretch for, for about a month, a month and a half. He was, if not the best player in the league, right up there in that conversation. G- can he do that? Do you think that there's, there's a possibility that Tatum can sort of recapture that magic down in Orlando for about that amount of time, two months-ish is really all you need to, to, to get on a heater for? Or is this going to be sort of a case where everybody's trying to get back and no one really can hit their ceilings? Well, you know, that's that's really the million-dollar question because uh, if he can, then that helps the Celtics out a lot. I think what would make me say Tatum can is the fact that when did he hit that stride? Once he made the all-star team and it gave him that confidence that he was that level of player. So knowing that he still is that level of player, having that confidence, I think he can slide kind of back into that or – whatever that level minus this layoff is, you know, like you, you subtract whatever this layoff takes away from a player's game that goes across the board, across the league. Maybe that's the case, but I still think that he has that confidence having made the all-star team, knowing that he's part of that discussion, knowing that he's seen and he feels like he's, he's in that regard. I think that will make him feel better about going back in and, and, and playing his game. He'll probably be rusty just like everybody else. But I do think part of this comeback plan gives guys enough time to slowly ramp up and and get that feel back. So I I do think I would say it's, it's more likely than not that Tatum can reach that level or close to that level. All right. Well, according to Corrales, it's more likely than not they play and more likely than not that Tatum's the best player in Orlando. So I'm going to hold you to those <laughs> words, sir. Uh, John Corrales, yeah. thanks so much. Uh, Mass Live, you can read his stuff there. You can follow him on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John Corrales. Thanks so much. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right. So what does this all mean? Where are we here? What are we going to do about this? I'll talk about that when we return on the Locked On Celtics podcast The Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. You can make your own donation along with us by visiting LockedOnPodcasts.com slash Black Lives Matter. You know, when I was a kid, I used to eat cereal all the time, just like kids everywhere, right? Like, I used to have those big, uh, sugary cereals, but, you know, I'm an adult now. I kind of got away from eating cereal because the types of cereals I got to eat now, they're 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 boring. They're kind of crappy, brand everything. I'm not going to eat the, all those other sugary cereals, but I was just turned on to this new kind of cereal called Magic Spoon. I really didn't know much about Magic Spoon until they reached out and started to sponsor this show. So I got a few boxes of the Magic Spoon cereal. They come in four flavors. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. And I gotta tell you, this is an amazing tasting cereal. It's like the sugary kind of cereals that I used to eat, but no sugar. 12 grams of protein and only 3 net grams of carbs in each serving. I'm not exactly sure how they do it, but it tastes amazing and it feels almost too good to be true. It's keto friendly, 
it's gluten-free, it's grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. I don't know what to say, but it's awesome. The Frosted is my favorite so far. I, I, I really can't get enough of the just delicious, sweet, not too sweet, and still zero sugar in it. I, all you got to do is try it. Go to magicspoon.com slash NBA. Grab a variety pack and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code NBA at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, and they should be, it is back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So try it. If you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. It's really a no-risk proposition. That's magicspoon.com slash NBA. Use the code NBA for free shipping. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You heard me on the radio talking about COVID and my thoughts on the NBA returning. Now, I really do believe that the NBA can get people from whichever city they're in into Orlando and get them to the Disney campus fine. I'm not worried about that. I'm really not. These guys aren't going out in Orlando. It's not like they're playing the magic and staying at their hotel downtown and we have to watch them navigate people throughout the city. That's that's not the case. And so the spike in cases in Florida, I'm not worried about the players getting from here to there and playing in the in the bubble, quote unquote. Where my interest, my my worry, my concern lies is the people who are working in the bubble, the people who are working in the players' hotels, uh, housekeepers, the people who are making deliveries, the people who are working with the food, the people who are not staying there. I've made this example for those of you who don't who know Star Wars. It's like it's like the NBA is building a Death Star, and COVID is like that exhaust port. This this is the exhaust port. And one of these people can shoot the COVID into the exhaust port and blow the whole damn thing up. I hope all of you are Star Wars fans, enough of Star Wars fans to get that reference. But that's where we are. It's it's these 
people who will be working daily, weekly, over the course of a few months to clean that place, to maintain that place, and they are going to be going home to their families. And even if they're careful, we just don't know. We don't know what they're going to do. We don't know what they're going to be exposed to. Even though the Orlando area is one of the areas that's not as highly impacted, the fact is that once it's spiking in the state, that can spread so easily. And the NBA has to find a way to make sure that these people who are working are kept safe. First and foremost, we have to make sure that they're kept safe. And, and maybe there is a way to find, find housing for them so they don't have to go back and forth. For It's another expenditure, but they're already spending money. And I think the worst thing that the NBA can do is be seen as an organization that, okay, yes, their priority is their players and their staff, you know, coaches, the referees, all of the people within the NBA mechanism. But by going to Orlando, by going to Disney, by going and putting this thing on and requiring people to work and be there, yes, they're providing uh, jobs, which is great, but they're also putting people in harm's way a little bit. And we have to make sure that these people who are working jobs that they can't afford to lose. So when you're in a position where you can't afford to lose, you, you know, even if you have like a little bit of a sniffle, maybe you hide it because you need the money. There needs to be some level of safety, uh, concern for these people's safety. And then after that, keeping the entire integrity of the quote unquote bubble safe. And this is the toughest part because if the, if these staff people, the Disney employees aren't tested daily, aren't given the same type of attention that the players and the staff members that work for the NBA and work for these NBA teams, if they're not given that same level of medical concern, well, then the NBA looks really bad and they would deserve a lot of the criticism. These people need to be taken care of, need to be protected. If I was on a players union, that would be one of the questions that I'd be raising. And ESPN had a story the other day about a about the league's reaction and a conference call that the league and the players have had uh, team executives. Uh, according to ESPN, Adam Silver acknowledged the spiking numbers in Florida in a call with team executives. It was characterized as a resolute but somber tone uh, a, in a, a resolve to go on, a confidence in the bubble concept, and all while recognizing the seriousness of the coronavirus spike. So players, staff, coaches, I think they, they can get in and out of Disney and be fine. 
without without factoring in this other stuff. I think once you factor in the other people, that's where the NBA has its problem. And that's where the NBA and Disney need to come up with a better plan. They need to come up with a more serious plan for those employees, the quote unquote third parties that will be servicing hotels and they can have masks and gloves and all of that. But if they're not tested, if they're not monitored, if they're not given the opportunity to take sick days, then the NBA can blow this whole thing can blow up in the NBA's face. They really have to focus on this. I don't know what the policy is. And I think these, these employees are unionized, so they may have these rights and I hope they do. If they don't, the NBA has to step up, but I think they do, but it's important that anybody who is working in this bubble is tested, monitored, given the opportunity to take sick days without fear of repercussion. So they can take a few days if they catch a cold to make sure it's a cold and not coronavirus. Or if they feel like they're getting a little bit of a fever, they can say so without fear of retribution, you know, like that. And it's going to be something silly like that. You might look, you might listen to me and say, well, of course, but it's going to be something silly like that, that puts the pressure of getting this thing done, especially if teams and players are in situations where they're not used to it. Maybe they're getting cranky. Maybe they don't like it there and they're complaining and some person in management at one of these properties is feeling the pressure, feeling the heat and that pressure transfers to an employee. Like there are a bunch of ways that people who aren't millionaires in the NBA sphere, there are a bunch of ways that those people can be directly involved, even though they won't have direct contact with players, they could be directly involved in enough where they could be how the virus gets into the bubble permeates the bubble, creates a major problem, and then the entire thing goes away. As I said, I'm confident that they'll get this started. I'm becoming less confident that they will finish it. Finishing this thing is going to be the problem. So, and frankly, the, the Florida government, from state to local, everybody who through the statistics aside, everybody who in the face of medical advice still continued with a super fast opening that led to these spikes, they can all, I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to say that I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Because they put people's lives at, je- at risk. They jeopardized the health and well-being of thousands and thousands of people. And now they're putting the livelihood of the people within the NBA who cover the NBA, who work in the orbit of the NBA. They're putting all of us at risk. They're putting my livelihood at risk. You know? 
Like those jerks down there who, for whatever political reasons, wanted to ignore the science, the wide-ranging impact of, most importantly, people's health. But for me, for you listening, you have the return of basketball, and now that's going away, potentially, if this gets too bad. And if it goes away again, then what happens? What happens to all of us? Not just media members. All of the people who work and live basically paycheck to paycheck. That's what really bugs me. If they put the return of the NBA at risk. The NBA's plan has been heralded as pretty good. (laughs) You know, Anthony Fauci was like, yeah, I'm impressed by this. That's pretty good. They had the plan and... I'm confident in the plan. I'm less confident that these so-called third-party people are potentially going to be put at risk and then put the entire thing at risk. For now, we will operate like basketball is coming back. This is the June 22nd show, so pretty soon these guys are going to be ramping up their workouts They're going to allow more people in. Talk a little bit about what's going on with the Boston Celtics when I come back on the Locked On Celtics podcast. If you were listening to the show last week, you know that I was on vacation, only three podcasts last week. But part of my vacation is relaxing, unwinding. Part of it is taking advantage of the time and learning something new. And I put to use one of the life hacks that I've been talking about on this podcast to learn a few more things. I have the Blinkist app. I subscribe to the Blinkist app and it's really unique. I use it through my phone. You can use it through a tablet, a web browser. It helps me learn. It takes the best key takeaways and need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books. It boils them down to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. So I pop it on and walk down the beach on the Cape. And by the time I walk up and back, I've got two Blinkist books done. Just half an hour, nice slow stroll. I'm watching the seals bobbing bobbing along in the water and listening to a book. It's boiled down to 15 minutes. Successful people read a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you, me, The rest of us who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now. It has a massive and growing library from self-help to business to health and history books. I was reading philosophy stuff. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestseller lists as well as classic nonfiction titles that you always meant to read but never had time to. So go to Blinkist.com slash NBA to try it free for seven days and get 25% off your new subscription. You will get unlimited access to read and listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want for one low price. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven day trial You'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA.
You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. The Boston Celtics are back working out. Not all of them, but a lot of them. It seems like most of the guys are... In there, going through their workouts. We've seen a few. We've seen Tatum, uh, Hayward, Cantor, Poirier, uh, Robert Williams. You've seen, uh, not. I guess not everybody's gone through, but Danny Ainge has said that most guys are are in. Um, Kemble Walker is back. Uh, guys are, are, are working out. You can see them uh, even in the backgrounds of some of the videos. So... Right now, the, the guys are allowed to go through their individual workouts. They will slowly ramp up. In a couple of weeks, they're going to get up to eight people in the gym at the same time. And there's going to be a, you know, you can have more coaches and the head coach can start coming in, slowly ramping things up. It gives teams an opportunity to go through quarantines if you need to. And then eventually you'll get down to Orlando and go through quarantines there if you need to. There's a, an extended amount of time for players to go through what they're going through. I was asked about Jason Tatum. Uh, I don't think he's going to... I really do believe that he'll be able to kind of get close to, if not back to, where he was before the shutdown. Because, first of all, Despite the overblown, um, I haven't picked up a ball comment, uh, I, I don't think that was 100% accurate. I think he was doing things. He just wasn't going through his normal stuff. I think Tatum's confidence after the All-Star game was what drove his improvements. I think he still has that confidence. confidence. I think that he's going to come back and... I. If any player on the team has this desire to get back and get back to where he was, it's going to be Tatum because he was playing at an all-NBA level over a, a couple of months. Basically, from once he made the all-star team, he was playing at an all-NBA level. There's just no doubt about it. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't think he's going to make an all-NBA team, but, but he might. Uh, we'll see. I, I have no idea what to make of any of this anymore. But I do think Jason Tatum has a, a strong possibility of getting back to where he was. How, how about the other guys? That's, I feel like the Celtics are going to be in a good place. And I hear a lot of people talking about the quality of the, the basketball, which may be bad. The quality of the basketball may be bad, but the, this isn't going to be like 
a normal restart to a season. It's not going to be like October basketball, I don't think. It might might end up being that, but I don't think it's going to be like October, early November basketball. When teams have only had a couple of preseason games uh, and they're still trying to work with each other. Like these guys, this isn't new players. This isn't new a new season. It might feel like a little bit of a new season, but it's still the same season. And these guys have all still played with each other. Like they spent all year playing with each other. I think that continuity is still going to be there. Their timing has to, they have to work on their timing. Like that's going to be a little bit of an issue. They have to work on getting back. And if everybody's in the same kind of shape, then they can get that back pretty quickly. I think I, I feel like, yes, the, the, the quality of basketball could be worse than what we're used to. It probably will be worse than what we're used to at first. I don't think that this is going to be like the typical start to a season. I think these guys all know, and it's not like they haven't been communicating. It's not like they haven't had their, their zoom calls. It's not like they haven't, you know, figured out like they, they haven't watched film and been going through things and, and talking to each other. I think once they get back on the court, like that stuff tends to snap back into place fairly quickly. When you're not adding new players and they're not, that they're just going getting their timing back down. The same it, that it's it's like it really is like riding a bike. It's like they're gonna you're shaky at first and then all of a sudden you figure it out. You're you're back on it. So I don't think Tatum's gonna miss too much of a beat. I don't think any of these guys are going to suffer too much unless they've allowed themselves to get terribly out of shape. And that that's going to be the big question. Can they all get back into the right kind of shape at the same time? Can they all be back in NBA shape at the same time? If any one of these guys is behind in that, then, then there's going to be a problem. And it's entirely possible that that's going to be the case. But I... I, I'm a little more optimistic and I generally am optimistic anyway. I just, I'm a little more optimistic that, and this is just doesn't apply to the Celtics. I think this can apply to most of these teams that unless you're incorporating somebody new, like maybe Indiana with Victor Oladipo, because they didn't get a lot of Victor Oladipo time. Um, but unless, unless it's something like that, then I don't think they're going to, I don't think there's that much to kind of work on, you know, Portland is getting Nurkic back, but he hasn't played all year. So that's great for them. And that's Portland's going to be one of those teams that you say, Hey, well, this is going to help them out a lot. But also, they haven't had Nurkic all year. That's going to be interesting. I, I I don't know how that's going to work. That has the potential to have that preseason-ish feel. Teams like the Celtics with continuity, like Milwaukee, L.A., though both L.A.s, I, I don't think that they're going to 
struggle quite as much, quite as much as people think. So we'll see. I could be wrong. I mean, it's this is unprecedented. No, no one has seen this before. So we don't have anything to go on. So we'll see. Hopefully I'm right because I'd like to see better basketball and it would be better for the Celtics if that's the case. When we come back for the rest of the week, whatever happens, obviously continuing to keep up with the latest in the NBA and as the COVID cases spike in Florida, what how's that going to apply? Uh, not sure. So we will wait and see. I will cover that as best I can on this podcast as needed. In the meantime, we're going to continue to go through the deep dives. We're in the final decade here coming right up until this season. So those will continue this week as well. Thanks to our sponsors today, Magic Spoon. Go to magicspoon.com slash NBA to grab a variety pack and try this amazing cereal with like no carbs, <laughs> zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, three net grams of carbs in each serving. And it tastes great. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. So magicspoon.com slash NBA, promo code NBA checkout to get free shipping. And of course, Blinkist right now for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA, try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. We'll be back for the Tuesday show. Now tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On NBA. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.